We are scouting the mock drafts once again, getting ready for the 2023 NFL draft for the San Francisco 49ers. we got two tight ends, three wide receivers, some pass catchers up. Do they catch our eye? Should they be San Francisco 49ers, whether it's on uh, at the end of round three, if it's trading up, if it's trading down, round five, round seven, day three picks. The 49ers have a lot of picks, not a lot of them early. Let's see if we can find ourselves some future 49ers on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, here we go, Croc. Uh, a couple of really interesting tight end prospects we're going to start off with, and we got three wide receivers that I think could uh, could go any number of ways uh, where they are drafted uh, on two Thursdays from now. We're, we're a couple weeks out from this NFL draft. Niners most likely won't be busy on Thursday, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a trade, so you still got to tune in just to see what happens Thursday night. Um, I want to start with a guy from a, a college that's been good to the San Francisco 49ers. It's been good with number 84s. It's been good with tight ends. So let's start with Sam Laporta, Iowa tied in. I have seen him in the late round three area. I've seen him as high as round two. Uh, I've even seen him in round four in some places. I do wait, not... wait, 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 wait. Let's start with the other guy first and then circle back around. You want to start? The other guy is the one that I felt like, at least for me, you can kind of tell them, you're like, oh, go, go and watch him. But I had like all these high expectations for his build, his size, his speed, his agility. I had all these high expectations. So let's start with the other guy and then circle around and talk about everything that I thought he was going to be and how that's in Laporta. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little <laughs> teaser there. Laporta's the one that universally Croc and I liked a lot on tape and were very disappointed with Zach Kuntz, who was the combine superstar yeah. at the tight end position this year. I mean, six foot seven, 255 pounds. He ran a four, five, five in the 40, jumped through the roof. Just an unbelievable combine and unbelievable raw athleticism and testing numbers. And then, Croc, when you put on the old Dominion tape and watched him, what did you see? A very long and lumbering tight end. And I kind of expect when, when you are that tall, I expect it to be a little lumbering, but he just had this like legit athleticism. And gosh, I want to value like the pass catching aspect of it first because, okay, you can block. Cool. But in today's day and age, especially if you want to play and compliment George Kittle, like can you go out and pass? Because 49ers like to leave Kittle in the block a lot. All right. So can you compliment what he does well and you go out and you uh, run routes and get open and catch the ball? And it was very weird. I don't think I've ever been more disappointed, like in the sense of like the expectations because of how well he tested and you see the height and you're like, oh man, like this could be somebody. And you want it to be somebody. You want it to be a player that you just, oh, I love this. And let me let me talk about this guy to the 49er fans so they can be excited about a prospect. And I was the complete opposite. I watched him again, very long lumbering. If the ball wasn't like directly just on his body, if he had to kind of stretch out, it looked like he kind of just gave up on the ball. 
Um, he could not get open at the top of routes, and maybe because he is so tall and such a long player. But even then, positioning his body to where he's shielding guys away, I mean, I just didn't see that. Uh, players, the defensive backs, it looked like they just saw his moves coming from a mile away, again, partly because he is so tall. But it just didn't help him, especially for a guy who runs a 4 or 5 5 and then that's at the combine. So we're saying hand time, he might even be, you know, 4-4-8, 4-4-9, right? Like he can be even faster hand time. Like that's legit speed. And they did, I'd say if I give him any benefit of doubt, that the, how they utilized him, it wasn't very multiple. It's like, all right, just come down, motion down, then run across her. Motion down again and run across her. All right, they would leave him in the block. I thought his effort in blocking was really good. But just what I was expecting to see as a pass catcher tight end, which this day and age, man, guys are detached. Which he lined up in the slot. He lined up outside. He lined up in multiple spots. But I just didn't see a guy that had that, that it factor or even anything that I want to say, you know what, I can take this part of his game and this part, and I can really build on that as a pass catcher. I didn't even quite see that in the three games that I watched. So it's it's always fun to do comps, and I've got some really good comps for some players on today's podcast, Croc. It's always nice to do comps to kind of put an idea in your head of what a player stylistically maybe plays like that you can reject him to be in the NFL or just what he reminds you of a little bit. And my comp for Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion is Bambi. I feel like <laughs> he's just kind of legs and arms, and it's like uh, he, he looks like he's still learning to move his body, and he's still learning – like. Uh, to put it a better way, actually, it looks like he plays a different sport and then just kind of tried to play football also. And we're killing this guy right now. You know what I mean? And it's like there's he's tall and you could see him open up and, and eventually you could see some some plays where you saw the top end speed and you saw some four five five. But he just took him a while to get there. He's a he's a strider. He's he's really long. Um, he's bigger. So he's able to block a little bit and he's kind of a positional blocker, but sometimes he would even get lost there. So that was my first thing is like maybe in a couple years, he might be something because there was a couple breaks he made um, like a little whip route or something that he ran from a sort of a detached look. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe there's something there where I do see some of the athleticism pop up here, pop up there, but it's not consistent at all. And he does not at all play to his combine numbers. And so for both of us easily, he's not in the conversation for round three, but the question is croc, would you want to draft him as a developmental guy? Did you see enough for maybe a round five or a round seven draft pick? Or are you just not really even interested at all? I mean, again, if you're talking about that late of rounds, then maybe, you know, I, I can work with it, right? Like round six, round seven, just because he does have a lot of just natural talent. And you talked about kind of like Bambi and things like that. And it's crazy because, you know, Bambi doesn't go out there and run four or five and, you know, three cone well and jump through the roof with a nice vertical and, and at six, seven and do all those things. So he does possess a natural uh, skill set that I feel like a lot of other people don't, but it's just kind of really working on being a little bit more twitched up to really help himself, especially when you're that tall and long. Like, and you have to really challenge yourself a whole lot when you're going to do that. Uh, there was a kid, Andre Kelly. So I heard somebody else, someone tagged me in it today because they actually had the local pro day. So, yeah. you know, he's a tall a uh, kid, a basketball player listed at six foot eight from Cal Berkeley. And he's kind of trying to see, hey, could I potentially play football maybe? I told him the story about Julius Thomas. Uh, I went to high school with Julius, and Julius wouldn't even play football with us. And then that last year he played at Portland State, ends up getting drafted. But, you know, even Andre Kelly, like just learning how to run routes, you know, it's just long, lumbering. And that's what it looked like with, with, with Coons. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> 
So I, I, I don't want to crush Koontz because you know, we, I, we've already crushed him. I mean, he's, he's maybe he's, a good dude. Crushed. And and look, there there is some like you can see it sometimes. You see him work out at the combine. There is some athleticism there. Can you corral it? Will it take some years or something? Maybe so. Yeah. But for me, it's a it's a late round draft pick for me. Um, if you're drafting him at all, and and you're and you're sort of praying there. Do you remember? Have you seen the clip of Draymond Green playing basket playing football <laughs> at Michigan State? It's I not just, that bad. It's not as bad as is Draymond, but it looked like he was he he he's he's someone that was playing a different sport and then decided to just jump on the on the football field. That he looked a little bit lost at times and didn't look natural as a football player. And if he, but if he if he can never figure it out, then you're talking about somebody that has like elite traits at the tight end position. If you could truly understand just all right, I, I have to either put more effort into my routes or again, maybe they didn't teach. I mean, he's that old Dominion. Yeah. It's not like his uh, pass catching coach or tight end coach is probably, you know, guys that you're going to see at the next level of the NFL and stuff, right? So, uh, I mean, his tight end coach probably could have been a former offensive lineman or a former defensive end. Sometimes it's just their buddy and they put them on the staff somewhere. And a lot of times they stick guys at the tight end. So, you know, who knows if he's even been taught you know, over the last, you know, three, four years or however long he was at Old Dominion, like how to truly like play that position, run routes from there, understand how to set guys up, leverage, do those things, right? Like give him Shannon Sharp for a year and does he end up looking like a better tight end? So Zach Koontz is a no for Croc and I, but the next guy is a big yes. Will he even get there to pick 99 for the 49ers if they wanted to go Iowa again at tight end? Sam Laporta and then three wide receivers, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, A.T. Perry, and Matt Landers out of Arkansas coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on 49ers is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best-tasting protein bar ever, Built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make a healthier snack choices, and I'm down about eight LBs since the new year, Croc, I'm doing okay for myself Been hitting the gym, and you need a high-protein, low-sugar snack. That's that's what it's all about, low-calorie, low-sugar. Croc's trying to do the calorie thing, and, and he's been doing a great job. He's do, he's done a better job than I have, uh, that's for sure, and, and started at a better place. So Croc's doing much better than I am. But Built Bars are a part of it because they're healthy and taste amazing. 100% real dark chocolate wraps uh, most of Built Bars as well. If you don't like chocolate, which is weird, but some people don't. I know I got some buddies that don't. There's a few flavors that don't have chocolate on them as well. But most do have 100% real chocolate. And really what sets Built Bars apart because they taste so good. You don't feel like you're missing out at all. Flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies, and cream. Most Built Bars have only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. Not only that protein to help you build the muscle, you say stay satisfied when you eat a Built Bar as well. Not like those empty calories you get in those terrible-for-you snacks. So get rid of those snacks and replace them with Built Bars. And now you can find them on your local store shelves as well, Walmart and Sam's Club and uh, you can get your specialty flavors at built.com, of course, as well. And there's always new flavors coming up all the time. So uh, go grab yourself a box of built bars, Walmart, Sam's Club, or built.com, and you can thank us later. Here we go, Croc. Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa. And he had some good workout numbers at the combine. And I think that's going to help him go pretty high. And the tape is good as well. But I, he's not a body beautiful guy. So I'm struggling to try to place where I think he'll go in the NFL draft. I think it is going to be round three. I think very likely before the 49ers pick. But there is a chance he's there when the 49ers are on the clock. Did you see a tight end in in Sam Laporta as a guy that uh, you would want to be a San Francisco 49er? Yeah, now this is the guy I liked, right? Like to come in and compliment George Kittle. I'd say let's start with his weakness. 
I said if there was one weakness, it would probably be probably just needs to get a little bit stronger or just add a few LBs, right? Because NFL guys, like, they're going to be strong, they're quick, they're powerful. And if you leave him to, you know, be more of an inline blocker, he might have a little trouble with that. And you see George Kittle, he's not the biggest guy, but maybe he just understands leverage or anchoring or maybe George Kittle is just really strong. So he's... Puts time in the weight room for sure, too. Yeah, you know, terrific and blocker. Sam Porter's kind of, he kind of has a bad body in a way, right? And so you see Koontz, you're like, oh, this guy at the combine, 6'7", 255, all this workout number. And he's like, oh, okay, he doesn't play to what that is. You see Sam Laporta, and you're like, oh, that guy doesn't look like much. And then he goes out there, and he's just good, right? He's And, and, and here's why he would be high on the San Francisco 49ers draft boards to me is effort. And it's what made George Kittle great, and I think that's what I like about Sam Laporta. And, and maybe it's that that Iowa connection. I don't know, but he will try Coaching. hard to block. He will try hard to run his route. He will try hard to go make that catch. Uh, it's it looks like it's important to him, and, and I love seeing that. And he he threw down some numbers at the combine too, four five nine, not bad. Not bad at all. And and again, I, I started talking about the coaching at Old Dominion. You know, have we ever heard of a tight end coming out of Old Dominion? And again, you, you got a unique talent like him. You know, of course, he's going to get some type of opportunity. But Iowa, I mean, they've been a tight end you. You know, you got guys coming out left and right, whether it's Hawkinson, uh, the other one, the the I think he went, where'd he go? To the Vikings or something? Or uh, to the Hawkinson, Broncos? Hawkinson's now on the Vikings. No, but okay, so the other one, I think he got drafted to the Broncos. They were in the same draft and both went in like the first round. I know who you're talking about, and yeah, I'm blanking on the name as well. Okay, I'm blanking on the name. But anyways, those two guys, George Kittle, you know, so this is clearly they're getting coached up right. So everything that he's being taught to do uh, is like, yeah, you're getting taught at a high level, and look, we, we, we do this. Now, the difference, and again, I ain't scout George Kittle, but one thing I'm seeing from Laporta, man, they'll split him out. He's lined up in the slot. He's lined up on the outside. Like, I have to find, the, okay, where is he at? Where is he at? Where is he? Then it's hard because all the guys on Iowa's team are white guys. So then I'm trying to find, like, all right, where's the white guy split out? Like, oh, they're all white guys out here. So then, and the other tight end, 85, who's probably coming next year. I don't know when he's coming. He looked like he's pretty good, too. It's, yeah. it's the exact mold, too. So I was like, 85 or 84, which guy was that? Uh, yeah. And he looked like he might be a good player, too. But, yeah, unlike uh, George Kittle when he was at Iowa, that offense is finally out of the dark ages from where it used to be. And uh, yeah, so moving him around and using him in different ways, saw him run a slant from a wide, wide receiver split, you know, and make the catch and then effort after the catch too. So I, I like a lot about him. I don't think he's such a prototype specimen though, that he's going to go super high. So I think there is a chance that he could start to slip a little bit in round three. Does he get to 99? I don't know, but really solid third round grade. Maybe he goes in round two as well. Uh, I think it'll be I the beholder with this tight end class, but it's so deep like George Kittle in 2017, maybe some of these guys will slip. And uh, I have no problem with, with the 49ers drafting Sam Laporta. I like him a lot. And again, but and he fits Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan doesn't like the above the rim guys. He's a he's a on the ground, you know, he's not a he's not he's 6'3, 245 pounds. He's not gonna he's not gonna sky up and and be this uh, rebounder in the in the red zone or anything. He's an on the ground player, but can get in and out of his breaks, effort, can make catches, hands look natural, gives effort as a blocker, really like Sam Laporta. Like them. And I, I love that you keep harping on effort because if we know anything about the 49ers and kind of what they want in their players, not just receivers, which I think even, you know, receivers, pass catchers, uh, Kyle Shanahan is the hardest on those guys. So you got to really bring it and play with a certain type of effort. Uh, shout out to my guy, Brad Graham, 
uh, he does the SF49ers on Instagram, and he posted a clip of Brandon Ayuk just muscling a linebacker to the ground, like just grabbing him, throwing him to the ground, standing over him, and it was like, well, of course, this is why Kyle Shanahan loves Brandon Ayuk, and we keep talking about trades. He'll probably be at Niners just because of his mentality and, and, and his approach to the game, but you look at these Iowa's guys, and same thing, they all play hard, high effort, but I really loved his versatility. Again, uh, splitting them out wide, playing them in the slot, he come in, they kind of have him at this position lined up in the backfield kind of where he's kind of off ball, almost like a uh, an old like H-back, like uh, Chris Cooley or somebody. You know, he did some of that. Oh, uh, Chris Cooley's not a bad comp, Croc. Because oh, Chris yeah, Cooley yeah. wasn't like a, an above-the-rim guy. He wasn't super tall, but he's kind of quick, moved him around, some h Dallas Clark, you know, yeah. you know. Okay, I could get with that. Dude, and hey, that's a perfect segue because we're speaking about guys who will block. Looking at all the wide receivers I've looked at so far in the draft, Let's go to Jonathan Mingo out of Old Miss because he will block you too. And he'll, he'll he's a guy that will also move around. And at Old Miss, they lined him up in all kinds of different spots. So, including when, as an attached tight end. And I mean, he, like, they, 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 like yeah. with his hand in the dirt. So, attached, that means you are at the tight end position, attached to the tackle. He had his hand in the dirt. And I was so confused. I'm like, I was looking for him because I knew what he's he had on his gear. They all had the same gear, right? Yeah. And the little, uh, the hand pouch. At least uh, I, 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 the one I'm thinking about that I just watched was Alabama. And this is Alabama that they're going against at Ole Miss. And he's lining up and blocking Will Anderson. <laughs> Maybe that's why Chris uh, Chris Sims had Will Anderson as the fifth uh, uh, edge rusher. That <laughs> uh, so he, here's the thing. Um, the, I think my, my, my 49ers comparison, if you're trying to picture Jonathan Mingo, he's uh, just under 6'2", 220 pounds. He, he really blazed the combine. I think 4'4", the combine, had some really nice workout numbers. He wasn't thrown to a lot and, and super productive in college. Uh, but, man, I, I love the tape when I put on Jonathan Mingo, and he's one of my favorite wide receivers in this class. First of all, because he's not 165 pounds like just about every wide receiver, I feel like, in this class. He's got legitimate size. And uh, I've got a few comps for him. For current 49ers, picture like kind of halfway between Debo and Juwan Jennings, right? Like he's he's a bigger slot, I think, but he's moved around in a lot of ways like Debo. He's in motion a lot at Old Miss. You could even hand him the ball. He has some really you know close to the line of scrimmage, like screen pass receptions, not a lot of stuff down the field, but lines up in a big slot role too, a lot like Jonathan or like uh Juwan Jennings does. So uh and my actual my per my my NFL comp for him is actually Muhammad Sanu. He was probably well, one, I don't see Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> Sanu had great feet, twitched up. Uh, he's probably one of the hardest evals that, that I've seen based on the couple games that I watched. Mingo? Be yeah, because of how they utilize him. It, there was a lot of motioning him, and it's like, is he a decoy, or are they going to throw him the ball? I, I can't tell. They ran the ball a ton, so it was very boring watching their offense. You, you know, it's Ole Miss, it's Lane Kiffin. You're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to see this, like, high power. They're going to throw the ball. No, they ran the ball. I feel like 75% of the time. And then when they did throw it, he did, I mean, it was like, okay, he motioned and he ran a corner route. He's wide open. They throw it to him. He catches the ball. Okay, cool. Uh, there was a time that they threw the ball down the field to him. I feel like he waited on the ball instead of going and attacking it. And the DB was able to make a play on the ball. So I, I would have liked to see, because in, in the games that I watched, he, I mean, he just had limited opportunities catching the ball down the field. So, it, it, dude, this is your time. You got to go attack that ball at his highest point. He kind of waited on it. Um, other notes, uh, lots of motions, tough eval, slot will 
uh, waiting on the ball in the NWNPBU. Uh, it doesn't stay on blocks, but will look for work to try to block. So he's not going to be at the point of attack like the most aggressive blocker like like kind of as a receiver again when he's there at the line of scrimmage I think he did a good job but as a receiver when you know it's like okay I got to stock block this defensive back and I'm waiting for him to come to me oh what oh then he okay he left okay let me go look find somebody okay let me get my hands on him so there was a lot of there was a lot of that and uh, I think Kyle Shanahan probably would hate that aspect of him but like man watching and I've seen like people talk about him this is my first time like really watching him and they're like oh man you know they had DK, they had AJ Brown. This is a guy who's going to be a high riser. He's probably going to be a late first round pick. I do not see late first round pick. Uh, I see more of where the 49ers are picking. That's what it looks yeah. like to me. But he tested well. He has size. I could be hard on him, continue to dive into the film. But there wasn't anything that really jumped out and was like, oh, man, you know, you were like, like, like another guy that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, Omingo's definitely not a, a top 50 pick or anything like that. And he could be like in the old Miss just because he's strong and, and athletic. He could be like DK Metcalf and AJ Brown in that he's a better pro than a college player and maybe outplays. Like, but, no, but, hold on, but we saw it with those guys. Like it was very clear. Like I had those guys, wide receiver one, wide receiver 2A, 2B or whatever with AJ Brown. I mm -hmm. mean, it, it was, it was. These guys are good. And then when DK was out and AJ, because at first you could say, well, AJ Brown plays a lot in the slot, like, you know, uh, favorable matchups against safeties and linebackers plays out in space, you know, and you could just see him catching balls and doing some things or whatever. But then DK went out with the neck injury. AJ had to play on the outside, torching Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had a big corner. I mean, he just 200 yards. I mean, it was very clear. Like, I, he's not in the stratosphere of those guys. Right. I'm not comparing them as prospects. But I'm people are, because as... if you look at where they're saying, oh, late first, but DK and AJ, I mean, they were second round picks. No, no, that's crazy. I, I'm, I'm talking about him as a, as a late third round guy, as a fourth round guy, you know, where the 49ers actually have draft picks and maybe outplaying that draft position like his uh, his old Miss counterparts did. I'm not talking about him as being a guy who's a number one wide receiver in the NFL. I think he's a role player, but I like that I can picture what his role would be especially the way Kyle Shanahan likes to use guys. And so that, that's why sort of the Jawan Jennings uh, comparison is in there. A bigger slot guy. You can move him around. He's not afraid to, to, to block you. He's, He's um, he can run a little bit after the catch again, high effort guy, high character guy, team player type of a, a player. So um, I could see Kyle Shanahan liking him a lot, but I, I'm not taking him anywhere near the first round. Not at all. And but that's you know, what they're part, saying, of it, part of it is the offense too. And, the the way he was utilized i would like yeah. to see more opportunities for him down the field and running routes from the outside he made one nice sliding catch um and i saw some i saw some things i liked but there's some projection involved in in him being more than sort of like a number three type of wide receiver right because again it's hard dk and aj it was very clear mm -hmm. and again that's different offense because that offensive coordinator went to unc then diamond brown was in that offense but yep. it was just like you could just you could see it and right now with lane kiffin it doesn't feel like Lane Kiffin. It feels like it's like, hey, this is my system, and we'll just do these things with you, as opposed to, you know what, I want to try to get you to the next level and put out the best version of you in front of these guys, so I'm going to have you do things that you might be asked to do at the next level. He ain't doing that. So uh, if you go to his uh, pro day, maybe it looks different. And I had the same issue with Terry McLaurin and these guys where it was just like, it was hard to see because of the offense he was running at Ohio State. So I wasn't very high on on Terry McLaurin, I just, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see it because of how the film was. But then one of my guys watched him at the pro day and was like, Terry McLaurin, 
great route runner. I was there. I watched his pro day. He was terrific, and he raved about it. So maybe people are watching Mingo's pro day, and, and maybe that's why they're so much higher on him than what I saw on film, which was it just made it a very tough eval. All right, I want to get you. I want to get a round grade for Mingo for you as it compares to some of these other prospects we're going to look at today. Another one that I know you are fond of that is A.T. Perry from Wake Forest and Matt Landers from your state, Croc of Arkansas. Next, thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check out the new Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, taking you through salary cap management, the draft, and free agency and what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Every Monday through Friday, find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Okay, Croc, A.T. Perry, Wake Forest. My initial takeaway from A.T. Perry when I watched him, I said, what year is this? Because this wide receiver belongs in the 1990s. I can't find. I can't think of like a good comp for us for a player that plays like him now. I feel like he's a 1990s wide receiver that would have gone in the first round back early in the- 2000s. So, yeah. So what's funny is, so I went to mock draftable and I was like, okay, athletically, who does he match up with? Because he's six foot three, 198 pounds, almost six four, tall and slim. I was yeah, six three and a half, uh, 198 pounds, so tall and slim. And you know what? One of one of his top athletic comparisons was former San Francisco 49er Ty Streets. Oh. Drafted in 1999. Was Ty Street that tall? He was 6'2". Okay, yeah. Well, you, you, you talked about him being a, a kind of a late throwback type of guy. Yeah. He, and so maybe uh, for, for a comp for A.T. Perry that's contemporary, playing right now, uh, I think NFL.com had a comp for him. Um, shoot, now I'm blanking. The guy from the Dolphins that went to... New England Patriots. Parker. Parker. Yeah. Devontae Parker. I would say he's he's in that Parker range. Uh, I was thinking of gosh, I just had a guy's name onto my tongue, kind of what he he reminded DJ me. DJ Shark, of. but not as fast. Yeah, like a like a shark, like uh um there's one other guy. Gosh, Marvin Jones. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, a little taller than Marvin Jones, but um anyway, go through the scouting report. What'd you see with with AT Perry? What'd you see out of out of Slim? All right, first thing. First thing I put on here, field stretcher. Next thing I put, very fluid. Then I say, forcing pass interferences left and right. These defensive backs are panicking when the ball's in the air. And for good reason, because my next note, great hands, great ball tracking skills. This guy, if you're looking for any type of vertical threat to go up and get the ball, like he is that guy. Now, I saw some of these things when they were playing against Clemson and he's going crazy and, and you know, just dogging Clemson's defensive backs. I'm like, who is this AT Perry guy? That was the first time that he was kind of on my radar. Then I kind of fell back and obviously, you know, I, you know, you and I were getting into some of these scouting reports and I watch him again and I just tweet out, I really like AT Perry. And there were several people that tweeted me and said, man, I agree. Talking about somebody that's almost six foot four, around 200 pounds. Very fluid. Yeah, the field stretch and stuff is cool, but he was legit underneath with uh, how he ran routes. He didn't look like a guy that was fighting against his movements. So I think he can be even better. But he got open. He caught the ball. He had strong hands. I'm watching one game against Vanderbilt. He's playing in the rain. Didn't matter. Dogging DBs at the catch point, forcing more pass interference calls. I think in two games, he forced like literally 
five pass interference calls because the guy's just panicking when the ball's in the air near him, and he's going out and getting it. Um, he was uh, uh, blocking. The effort was there. Somebody, I saw somebody in my comments say he doesn't block. I don't know. I saw effort. Now, I'm not expecting these guys to be, you know. <laughs> it's hard because, yeah. You're, George Kittle. I'm not expecting to see pancakes out there. And, you, you know, they might have to to turn up the intensity. And, and maybe that's something that wasn't even coached for them. There's a lot of times where wide receivers just stand there and watch the run play happen. And then, you know, they're clearly coached to not get involved. Um, and, and, but there were some times when I saw a nice effort and I saw him use his hands and, you know, getting guys away and blocking guys down the field. D you know, I'm not thinking he's going to be, uh, you know, lining up as a, as an attached tight end anytime soon, but I saw plenty. I didn't see a problem with his blocking at all. Yeah, no, nah, but it, you know, for guys like that, a lot of times that are kind of the field stretchers and, you know, again, you, you mentioned his height, uh, weight, you know, six, three and a half, you know, around 200 pounds, uh, ran in the four fours. So he has legit speed. It was like four, four, seven. A lot of times you just view them as a vertical threat, and you'd see a lot of that. But I think he won underneath, and I think with how fluid he was, we're working to create some separation with that type of length underneath. I was I was pleasantly surprised by that because the, you got the you got the big ball stuff, and that's awesome. But to see him win underneath too, and I'm like, man, he was a high target volume guy. So I'm watching one game, and again, a lot of times I'm watching these all 22s. So I don't know what their stats are. It's just a random game. Okay, I got this one in my jump drive. Let me watch it. I'm watching him, and he's getting targeted. He's um, So by the end of it, I'm like, how many catches, yards, and touchdowns does this guy have? He had 18 targets. <laughs> 18. And he had like 14 catches for like 180 yards and three touchdowns. Like the dude, I mean, it, it's it, it was very fun to watch because he was so active. We just talked about Mingo, and I'm like, man, tough eval. You know, it was just hard to really truly see things to where it's like, okay, you got to dig deep with guys like that. A.T. Perry is right there. This is who I am. This is what I am. And maybe I'm not a true wide receiver one, but I'll be a legit complimentary receiver in the NFL. We talked T. Higgins. You know, like, like it felt like that type of prospect. Oh, I can see T. Higgins light kind of. That's not a bad comp for the way A.T. Perry plays. And, and like Mingo had a really nice combine, really nice workout numbers. Mingo was 6'1 and three quarters, 220 pounds. He ran a 4'4'6. Four, four, A.T. Perry, 6'3 and a half, 198. So he's skinny. He ran a 4'4'7. Four, four, but you know what I like for a taller receiver? Is he ran a really he had a really good ten yard split one five zero which is which is really fast for someone uh, with the uh, with the long limbs and the long arms thirty three and a quarter inch arms so he's a long player um, he gets up to top speed quickly and I think one word that described At Perry more than anything when I was watching him is smooth yeah now now here's the thing for him how do NFL teams value him does does, does the T Higgins help him because it does feel like teams are going more towards the six foot 190 pound receivers. And, he's and not so, that. and when you think of the 49ers, I think of Kyle Shanahan, he's going to love Mingo and he's going to hate Perry because he doesn't care about the guys that are so good winning the ball down the field. Right. And he's got, I like the way he tracks the ball. I like the way he can go up with that length and go get the ball too from guys. And he's got some smoothness in his route running, um, you know, in the short to intermediate range, especially, but you know, very different target share than someone like Mingo. Like those guys are, they couldn't be more different players. And to be honest with you, you know, the 49ers have multiple picks draft both of them. Right. Cause they don't overlap hardly at all, but the Niners I've, I've, and I've been burned by this a lot, Croc. I like the tall, fast, downfield guys, and the 49ers just don't – they don't draft them. And just bring something a little different, right? Like just just go out, and it doesn't have to be a – oh, he's just this pure wide receiver. One, who is the receiver uh, for – he was with the Chargers. He was tall. Not Osgood, but there was another one. Ty Williams. Williams. 
Oh, Tyrell Williams, yeah. Tyrell Williams, right? Where, you know, he had a couple good years in there. And it was just like this tall, lengthy receiver. And to me, it, it, that's just a perfect compliment to what the 49ers have. Dude, they had Tim Patrick and was like, mm, no, nah, we don't like him. Cut him. I'm like, you kept some of these other guys over Tim Patrick who's like a legit wide receiver too for the Broncos now? Yeah, ended up being a dude. Yeah. But why? Well, yeah, well. He's 6'4", 215. We don't really like those guys. Like we want now. You have Jawan Jennings, but then it's like, well, yeah, but he's slow, so we like You're that. Really yeah, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he blocks really hard. So yeah, he he fits. We don't want the tall, athletic guy, and we've been kind of craving for that that type of receiver. And At Perry is definitely that. Now, will he be where the Forty Nine picks? I don't know because if scouts are watching and they like him as much as I do, I think it'd be hard. I think the guy that he could potentially get, who is At Perry Light. And that, that's Matt Landers from Arkansas. Oh, okay. Uh, one more quick question when it comes to A.T. Perry. Do you think that maybe his speed won't play as well down the field in the NFL as it does in the college level? And then would that take away from what he is as that sort of outside X win down the field receiver? No, because I think he's so good at the catch point. So just being an outside receiver is really just all about being able to uh, win vertically, however you win vertically, whether it's with speed or with size. And I think he is fast enough to where he can get on top of guys and stack guys and kind of get a step on, you know, some defensive backs. Uh, he might not just be a guy that blows defensive backs away, but he can. He feels like someone who can, like, hey, I, I win outside. As opposed right. to like Jawan Jennings, where it's like, it's just going to be too difficult for him to consistently threaten guys on the outside because he's just does not run fast, but he does play at a good speed. So, hey, we can have him inside and just, hey, run this speed out, run this 10-yard speed out, run this bang eight, you know, do those things. You can put the ball on him, and he's a tough physical guy uh, when catching the ball. So if the 49ers don't draft A.T. Perry at the end of round three, and they're sitting there on day three, but they want some, some size and speed at wide receiver, what about Matt Landers from Arkansas, Croc? So Matt Landers is a guy who – you know, watching the Arkansas, I watched, you know, a decent amount of Arkansas game, but I didn't really watch him. I, I think I was watching, like, the, the quarterback kind of reminded me of Dak, Dak Prescott a little bit, and I'm just saying, like, are they going to win? And then it just felt like all the time, huh, number three, make another play. Didn't even know his name, but I just, number three, make a play down the field. Okay. Huh, number three, make another play down the field. Interesting. Huh, number three, make another play down the field, right? And not even knowing, hey, by the way, Croc, this guy is listed at six foot five, 200 pounds. Now he measured in at six four, but I had no idea. So he's six four, uh, 200 pounds, ran a four three seven. all right, four three seven. I did not see four three seven on film. And not just four three seven, Croc, but a 37 inch vertical, 10 10 broad jump, and then had a six eight six three cone, which is scorching wow. for a guy who's six four. So because of that, I'm going to again. He, I'm, he's not a day one guy. Maybe not a day two, unless somebody just like I just really like the potential there because it's hard to find guys with that type of uh, combination of height, weight, speed, and agility, like movement skills. So he's not the is he the wide receiver version of Zach Kuntz, where he's got these crazy workout numbers, or do you see more of it on tape? I see more of it than Kuntz, right? Because we got Kuntz going late late right just based on like what he is right now mm -hmm. uh landers like he did have make big plays like you you'd see it and he'd get and he'd go by corners and, and you'd see certain things it was just very inconsistent uh some of my routes okay. oh, hold on i gotta I mean, no, shout no. out to um shout out to 
the, the beast, the athletic Dane Brugler's draft guide, the beast. He has a nice, a really nice nugget in here on, on Matt Landers and his downfield stuff. So um, 76.6% of Matt Landers catches in 2022 resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. 76.6%. Well, that, that sounds about right because he is a little bit more of a long strider. Uh, some of my notes, <laughs> first note I have missed block. Kyle might turn off the film after that, but <laughs> right. So I think everybody understands what Kyle Shanahan is looking for. Uh, next thing, very fluid. So he was fluid, and and I think that goes to what you said about his three cone, right? I mean, that's an elite three cone, especially for somebody that's as tall as he is. Um, he's strong at the top of routes, and, and what I mean by that, it's not with like, hey, I'm threatening the guy vertically with my speed. I sit it down, and ah, oh, you know, it's so aggressive, but. He will be physical at the top to create some separation. Uh, I, I think he could be more consistent with it. Next one, Mr. Fade route over the shoulder. Quarterback threw a beautiful uh, over the outside shoulder. So a lot of times, so uh, for, for a lot of you fans, at NFL practices, you'll see this red line. You're like, man, what's that red line? That red line is on the field for receivers. So they want them to stack the guy. They want them to hold that line. All right? So you don't want the corner to widen you out to the sideline. Then your quarterback really doesn't have anywhere to throw the ball. You want him to release outside or inside, but hold that line so your quarterback gives you a ball that you can fade to and throw away from the defensive back. Well, the quarter, he did it, and stacked the guy, and the quarterback did just that. Perfect throw, and it just went off of his hands. And I'm like, look. If you are going to be the guy that consistently wins vertically, because you're maybe you're not as polished underneath, which he was kind of getting strapped up underneath stuff, then you gotta come down with that. I need that, and I, you know, and he just kind of let me down on on that specific play. But I saw that uh, can learn to use a threat of speed on underneath routes, dude. You run a four three seven, come off the ball with the threat of four three seven. I said the same thing about uh, Danny Gray. Right, show the threat of that. Now it's a little different. We got one guy six four. Danny Gray's like six foot. But show. So when you're six four, I say that when you're six four, you don't have to have the most separation because you have a bigger catch radius. But show the threat of it because you have the fluidity, you have the speed, you have all that, you have the twitch. Now can I just see you really work, work angles, and uh, sit the route down? And I think the issue is with guys like him. When you are that fast and you're that tall, you probably just get used to just, hey, I'm just going to run by a guy, just throw it up. And at the NFL level, it just doesn't work like that, unless you're Randy Moss. All right? Uh, he's not Randy Moss. So can he work on using the threat of his speed in routes, on underneath routes, on vertically pushing routes? In space, I did see there was a play against um, a press bell cornerback. I think it might have been Cincinnati cornerback. Uh, bails out, and you see him kind of work to a little spot, sit his route down, catch the ball, turn up field, make the guy miss, get some more yards, and it's like, okay, I like that with him in space, but can you give me that like more on a consistent basis, whether it's press or versus space? So uh, I think he's a guy that should go around round four-ish based on his profile, ability, and upside, maybe five. Kind of reminds me of maybe uh, St. Brown, the kid, not the shorter one, but the tall one that went to the Packers. Yeah, yep. Okay, so he's yeah. he, he's more like that. Like like that would be a good comp for him. Yeah, six five, two hundred. Yeah, that's about right. So yeah, well, six four and a half. I think uh, Landers was interesting. Okay, so 
around five-ish for Landers, you're saying? By, by the way, looking at his scouting report, there might be some red flags in there, so that means he might be a little bit, might even go a little bit later. And I hadn't seen Matt Landers a lot in uh, in any uh, any mocks and stuff, so I'm glad, glad you brought him up, Croc, and I'm going to go into the tape on. Well, it's hard not to when you see 6'4", 200 pounds, round 437. Yeah. It's like, all right. Oh, yeah. Laporta, <laughs> round three. A.T. Perry, round three. You're good there? I'm good there. Ah, I think A.T. Perry, round two, so it might be oh, kind okay. of Okay, okay. Um, I think because a lot of times we see that run on receivers in the second round, and I think he might be in that. He's mix. one of those guys. Okay, because uh, I've seen him to the 49ers a couple times, both both uh, Perry and and Mingo, kind of in that same range. You like Mingo more day three, though, Croc, than, than uh, at the end of the third round? He feels more like uh, – who's that receiver 49ers drafted out of Georgia Tech? Uh, like, oh, Smelter? DeAndre yeah, Smelter? Yeah, he feels more like Smelter. <laughs> Smelter. So where was Smelter drafted? He had drafted? knee problems, too, though. He had, like, some injury problems that I think derailed his career. Class where, where was he drafted? Fourth round? Fifth round? Uh, fourth, I think. Yeah, oh, something okay. like that. Well, he's kind of Smelter-ish. Okay, Smelter-ish. As a pros- not, as a, as value, not as the player? Mm, both. Okay. <laughs> That's tough, Smelter. Okay, um, we got Smelter got drafted. People are like, we got Draymond oh. Green as a football player for Koontz, and we got Smelter for Jonathan Mingo. Okay, so Croc not as as high on Mingo as I am. Um, I do like At Perry though as well. And then who was the other? And um, and Landers is is day three guy, mid day three. Yeah. Okay. You I like you like Landers more than Mingo? I like the because of you know six four. 200 round, 437, big time, three cone. I would just be like, can I get him with a trainer that's going to teach him to use that? Because if you do, now we're cooking. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, if you're saying you can have Mingo in the third round or Landers in the fifth round, I would pass on Mingo and I would go Landers. Now, if you tell me I can't have Landers in the fifth, then maybe I do take uh, Mingo you know, in the third. There you go. So there's a, a couple of wide receivers, three wide receivers, two tight ends to think about for the San Francisco 49ers. Will any of them be there when Croc and I think they would be of good value to those San Francisco 49ers? Let us know what you think at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for sending us those mock drafts and different players to scout. We will continue doing that as we scout the mock drafts and get ready for the 2023 NFL draft. And pretty soon, Croc, we're going to have to do our own mock draft and, and really outline our guys. Crocs, my guys, and Peacocks, my guys. The Peacock, my guys, for the 2023 NFL Draft. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.